Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. This morning is obviously May month is upon us. Can you believe that? The 5th of May. Yesterday was Star Wars Day. I hope we all survived. And today, the 5th of May, the first day of what we've done for the last couple of years as churches all across the city come together in the one series and we we take hands we started on this past friday night with a gap night the night of the city just coming together and there were about a thousand people i'm told coming together at the, the union buildings on friday night to pray for the elections to pray for our nation and over the next month many of the churches in the city are going to be taking hands in a variety of different ways and one of the things that we just purposed in our hearts to do is for the month of May just to share at least around the same themes in our services. So we're going to be talking around our one heart this year. Specifically this morning, as churches all across the city, we're sharing about having one heart for God. Having one heart for, for Him, to know Him and to follow Him. And so I want us just to to pause at, at Proverbs chapter 4. Now, as we were thinking about heart, how do we speak about heart? If you start digging into heart in Scripture, you, kind of, you, you spend hours, weeks on end, because the, the Bible has so much to say about our hearts. Not about our heart that's physically beating inside of our chest, but our heart which represents our innards, our, the innermost part of our being, uh, in a sense, uh, the combination of our spirit and our soul, our our heart, the fiber of who we are. And I want us this morning as we read from Proverbs 4 to consider some thoughts around keeping our hearts focused on God, having one heart for God. I believe most of us here this morning are, are probably here because we have a heart that is yearning for God and wants to know God. That when we sing a song like Sarah Ann and them started singing a little bit earlier, just I want to see you, Jesus. I want to see you. I really got to, I want to see you. I want to know you. That, that that's a, a representation within our hearts. It's not just a word. It's not just a nice song. It's something that echoes the heartbeat of our lives. So this morning, I'm wanting us to read this passage, considering our hearts. Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 20. My child. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing for their whole body. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. That's quite a powerful statement right there at the end. All of the other things we'll look at as well. I want us to, to start with the last part of this little passage. Guard your heart above all all else. Many of the other translations would say with all vigilance or with all diligence, kind of it's make that the priority in your life to look after your heart. Why is it so important that you and I guard our hearts? Because it sets the course of our lives. Your heart is a treasure. Your heart that beautiful bit on the inside that God has given you is a treasure for you and me to guard 
more than anything. I wonder what is that thing that's most valuable. I don't know if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night and has this crazy thought. And if, if my house was to burn down now, the place I'm staying was to burn down, I could grab one thing. What is that one thing that I would grab as I'm running out? What is that one thing that's my treasure, the one thing that I would guard, the one thing that I esteem above everything else? And obviously, hopefully, we'd all say the people in the house. (laughs) But apart from the people, kind of what is the one thing that I really treasure, the one earthly possession, the one thing that I can pick up and carry out with me? It's not another person. We take that same analogy a little bit here. I, I think one way which we could read this was, if your house is burning down, take your heart with you. Make sure that's the one thing that doesn't get destroyed. Make the one thing that above everything else you're making sure is kept safe. There are a bunch of other things we should keep safe, but guard your heart above all else. Protect it. It's a treasure. And this treasure sets the course of your life. It says here, Pay attention to what I say. We're going to look at these a little bit later. Look carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. I wonder this morning, what are the things that you allow to penetrate penetrate deep into your heart? For some of us, perhaps the things that penetrate deeply into our hearts may be fears and thoughts of anxiety and depression, despondency, fear. Maybe there can be words of Faith and hope and words of love. What are the things that you allow to penetrate into the deepest part of your heart? I love how it says, let them penetrate. We have choices as to what we allow to penetrate into our hearts. We have choices as to what we allow, in a sense, in through the gates of our heart. That's why we can guard our hearts. That's why we can protect it, because it's a power that is within our hands to do. Why is it so important for us to do it? Proverbs 9, 16 verse 9 echoes the same thought. Because the heart of man plans his way. The heart of man plans his way. Yes, the Lord directs your steps. But the way you're going, the direction you're headed, comes from your heart. God, your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. A man's heart plans his way. That which you allow to dig into your heart, to take root in your heart, is going to set the course for where you're headed with your life. And so this morning, I want us to look from this passage at a couple of areas as to how do I go about guarding, protecting this treasure, my heart. How do I make sure it stays in a a good and a healthy place so it can set me on a course which God would have me wander on? Have some of you ever noticed that it's possible to embark on a course that is not of God in this life? Anyone ever noticed that? It's possible, it's even possible as a believer to embark on a course that is not the way that God would have me go. And yet what is it that determines the way I go? My heart. The state of my heart, that which has found root in my heart, that which is settled in my heart. I remember a, a while ago, actually a bit more, probably a year or two ago now, I used to listen to a lot of talk radio and 
there's some nice talk radio stations around, and kind of every time I'd get in the car, I'd listen to a talk radio station. And then I started finding something about my heart. I realized that the talk radio station, that particular one, was quite a liberalist, humanist one, and very ungodly in many ways. And I began to realize that some of the thinking and some of what they were saying was beginning to not find root within me, but to steal my peace. I was getting upset about a bunch of things. I was being in the car, and I'd get at work, and I'd be a little bit frustrated. And by the time I, oh, it's because of that conversation I just heard. It's because of what was going on on the radio. And kind of as it carried on, I, I realized that I need to tune out of that station. I need to tune into something which is life-giving, something which is giving direction, something which is not kind of stirring my spirit to argue all the time, something that's not all the time wanting to fight against the righteousness of God inside of me, but something which would encourage, which would build me up. I learned that in that moment, I had to make a decision about my station. And that's what we find right at the beginning here of Proverbs 4, verse 20. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. I wonder who are the people that you choose to pay attention to? Who are the voices that you choose to listen to? Who are the words, the sources of the words that you choose to embrace? The first part about guarding our heart well is about choosing our station well. Which station is it that I'm going to choose into? choose to tune into, to dial into, to listen to, to be in a, the voice that's in my ear. I've learned that there are voices that want to come into my ear from time to time that I need to deliberately push away. And there are other voices that I need to deliberately seek out and to listen to. It's interesting, this passage doesn't say, my child, pay attention to everyone and listen carefully to all their words. It doesn't say, my child, pay attention and, I'm, and please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'll correct myself in a moment. It doesn't say, pay attention to everyone who is older. I'm not saying don't have respect for elders. That's not what I'm saying. He says, listen to me. I have words of wisdom to share with you. Hebrews 13 verse 7 echoes the same type of thought. It says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Consider the outcome of their way of life. See, now, deciding who we should listen to, we shouldn't just listen to the people that are the loudest and the people that are the first to speak and the people who have the microphone the most. I always say that when... As an example, if we're choosing a church to become a part of, the last thing to look at is the worship and the volume and the lights, whether you want it or whether you don't want it. That, it's amazing and it's blessed either way. If you've got the lights or if you don't got the lights, kind of if your flavor of worship, that's important. But what's really important is to spend a bit of time with the people in the congregation to ask yourself, do I want to follow God like they follow God? Do I want that which is established, the outcome of their faith, is that what I want the fruit of in my life as well? The outcome of our faith. 
In the same way, the people that we choose to listen to, the ears, the people that we choose to dial our ears into, one of the most important things we need to learn to do is to consider the outcome of their faith. To consider the outcome of their conduct, of their lifestyles, different translations, place it in that way. I was just, as I was preparing for, for his message, I, I just felt to throw this in. I wasn't going to put this in there. I just, I don't know why. I don't know if it's one person specific. I don't know if it's something that we're going through already. Perhaps it's something that may be coming in the months to come. But I just have a real sense to just create an awareness around us again about the reality of false prophets. And there are different types of, not only false prophets, there are false prophets with the Bible calls ravenous wolves. <laughs> Outside, they look really nice, but on the inside, they just want to destroy you. We need to be aware of them, definitely. I think sometimes the, the greater danger is the harder danger. Yes, there are the ravenous wolves we need to be aware of. But I want to put it this way, and the immature believers are perhaps as much as false teachers. So you have false teacher with a, a vile heart. Then we can have a false teacher with an amazing heart. They just happen to be wrong. They just happen to perhaps be immature still in their faith. They still perhaps, like many of us, are deceived disciples. We're following Christ, but there's some stuff that we don't understand. And I, I hope we've all made a peace with the fact deep down in our heart that we are all deceived. I hope we all made a peace with that made a peace with that. What do we mean by that? I just mean I don't know everything. There are some things I know today that I didn't know yesterday, and I thought I knew them yesterday, but I was wrong. I was wrong. I was deceived. And then through the word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God illuminated things to me, and hopefully you've got the same experience, and I realized I was wrong. And guess what? There are probably some things still today that I think I'm right about, but I'm wrong. And we always need to keep that humility in our hearts. We don't have it all. We don't have all the answers. They're pure-hearted people, incredibly pure-hearted people who just simply happen to be wrong. And it is so important that we learn to consider the outcome of people's faith, that those we are following, that those we are lending our ears to are people who there's a, a testimony of the goodness of God poured out in their lives. There's a testimony of faithfulness. There's a testimony of life. There's a testimony of wholeness. Otherwise, we're the blind just continuing to lead the blind further and further away. Watch what 2 Timothy says around this. It says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Just before we say anything else, that's a big introduction right there. He says, I want to encourage you. He encourages Timothy and the different letters. He encourages them a whole bunch of different times of different things. This is the only time we get this introduction. I want to encourage you. I want to charge you. Why? Because you will be judged. I want to charge you because in the presence of God, I'm not just saying this. I'm saying this and I know God is my witness as I say this. Because he will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Timothy, what I'm saying to you now has a direct impact on your judgment and the judgment of others. What is it that he says then? Preach the word of God. Be prepared. 
whether this time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Why? Because judgment is coming. Watch what carries on. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. The warning that I sense in my spirit for us in this context this morning is not the warning of the ravenous wolves, false prophet who comes to destroy us. It's the false teacher who's pure-hearted. And we're drawn to him because we like what they say. We agree with what they say. And I want to just encourage you to all of us build a check into our lives to always ask, am I just following this person, this movement, this thing, because I like what they say? Or because I've evaluated it against the word of God and it is true. It is too easy. We see it in our politics all the time for somebody to get up and to say what people want to hear. It's so easy to say that. It's even possible to say it from an authentic heart, to think it's really the truth and people want to hear it. And that, in a sense, justifies and vindicates and make, it doesn't make it right. I know we love living in a post-modern world, a post-truth, where truths aren't important and facts aren't important. The only facts are important are the facts about how I feel. And yet my feeling is subjective and my feeling changes all the time. I want to encourage you in your, your own life, the people we're lending our ears to, just be aware of this. Am I lending my ears to them because I like what they say in the sense that it strokes my ears, it, it, it makes me feel good about the things that I want to be able to do and I'm hearing what I want to hear? Or are they as well willing to say the things I don't want to hear but the things that are true? It's so important that we, in a sense, learn to self-evaluate, that we don't just listen to the people we do simply because we like hearing what they say. The first thing about learning to guard our hearts well because it sets the course of our life is to choose your station wisely. Who are you and I listening to? Secondly, we need to enlist his peace. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, will, His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace will guard your heart. Enlist His peace. Get His peace on board to guard your heart. Let me just as well take the time perhaps just to... To bring some clarity, apparently some people didn't like what I said a couple of weeks ago, so let me just bring some clarity around it. I, I think I said something along the lines of different translations, perhaps more word-for-word word translations start this and says, be anxious about nothing. And I said something to the effect that anxiety is sinful. And it is in the sense that it's outside of the will of God. If you and I are drawing to anxiety, then the scripture really clearly says that God doesn't want us to be anxious. And in that context, everything outside of God's will is sinful. And yet, when we are there, it's not that God wants to, it's not a sin that God's judging us with. It's not a sin that God's looking down and kind of 
throwing lightning bolts over our life because we're anxious. But when we do embrace anxiety, we embrace being willing to say that, Jesus, I don't trust you. Jesus, I'm anxious about this because I want to put this on my shoulders and I need to solve this. And what this whole passage is saying is that's the wrong way to approach it. The right way to approach it when we begin to experience anxiety, when anxiety begins to come upon us, is deliberately to step back and to say, Jesus, what does it say here? Don't worry or be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Okay, Jesus, I choose to trust you with this. And then the weight can, no, I choose to trust God. No, I choose, and it's a wrestle and it's a struggle. That's the power of the grace of God that he empowers us to overcome the sin that so easily ensnares us. The sin that so easily brings us down, the sin that so easily steals from us. As the scripture holds before us, don't worry about anything. In the context of this morning, when it comes to guarding our hearts, there is a God, a personal body God that God wants to give you, to guard your heart if you'll enlist his peace. How do we enlist his peace? It starts by praying, by thanking him for everything he has done and bringing our needs before him until we get peace. There's an old saying, some people had wristbands, that says push on the wristband, pray until something happens. Yes, but most of the time the happen doesn't happen out there, it happens in here. When do I have peace? Well, you'll know when you've got peace. When have I laid it down before God? I'll know when I've laid it down before God and when I'm still trying to pick it up. Pray until something happens. Keep pushing on. The third one is direct your heart. We're guarding our heart this morning, and there are a couple of things. Firstly, we want to choose the station we're listening to. Secondly, we want to get the body guard that God has given us, the heart guard that God has given us to guard our heart through his peace. Thirdly, it says in Matthew 6, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yes, your heart is your treasure, but there's earthly treasure that gets to direct your heart, your treasure. Where is it that you want your heart to be? If you want your heart to be in a safe place, make sure your treasure is in that safe place. Quick illustration about this. It's World Cup year. So if you're like, whoa, seriously, I missed that. Yes, it's World Cup year times two. Cricket World Cup, Rugby World Cup, both coming up. We're not going to go Cricket World Cup because that's just traumatic and hurtful and then we're going to kind of have a special altar call for that afterwards and bring healing to people. So we'll leave Cricket World Cup for now and we'll do Rugby World Cup, which is fond of memories, okay? Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, wow, I can't wait. Maybe you're sitting here and saying, I can't wait for it to be over, okay? But imagine Rugby World Cup is coming on and some of us are going to try and watch every minute. Some of us are going to try and watch as little as we possibly can, totally dodge it. But what if? What if I said, on the way out, the ushers are each going to give you a thousand rand slip at a bookmaker. I'm, I'm not saying gamble, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just trying to illustrate something here. They're giving you a thousand rand slip for a bookmaker, but it's only valid for you to bet on a team for the World Cup. 
You don't have to use it if you don't want. You can throw it away. But imagine you went and there's a little link and you go online and you say, I'm going to bet on Team X. Or Bex. Safe bet. Okay. I'm going to bet on Team X. I'm patriotic. I'm hopeful. I'm a person of faith. I'm South Africa. And I'm, I believe in the new world and Japan, whatever. Okay. You put your bet. Now you've got a thousand rand bet on the team of your choice. Who knows suddenly you're going to be interested in the World Cup? Maybe you're not going to watch every game, but suddenly, hey, what happened in the game with my team yesterday? Hey, can I maybe just actually try and watch the game with my team? Suddenly something inside of me is invested in the World Cup. What changed? Treasure. I wasn't interested at all. Now suddenly I'm interested. How did that happen? This funny thing the Bible calls treasure. I simply took it and I put it there and what happened? Suddenly my heart was in that. If you don't have a heart for missions, there's a fantastic way to get a heart for the nations. Two ways. Start praying for the nations and secondly, take a little bit of the hard-earned money that you get every month and say, I'm giving it to the mission field. I'm depositing into the Let's Go account. I'm supporting somebody going on a mission. And you know what's promised you is going to happen? Your heart is going to follow. Suddenly you're going to get interested. Your heart's going to come alive to what's happening there. Direct your heart to the places where your heart should be. How does that happen? It starts with you investing your treasure. In this context, it's speaking about finance. Finance is obviously one major way that Scripture gives us. But everything that's of value to you, your time, your energy, your prayer, your finance, all of those things, when you put them in the places where you want your heart to be, your heart will follow. You have the power to direct your own heart. Fourth one, choose your affections. When Solomon was old, this man who was meant to be so wise and was wise enough to not to listen to the word of God, that's always a dangerous wisdom to come to. When Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. And the passages before this say that God said, don't have foreign wives, because if you have foreign wives, they're going to turn your heart away. My fourth point this morning about us guarding our heart. To have one heart stayed, focused, totally on God. Choose your affections. Choose the things that you allow yourself to love. Let me say that again. Choose the things that you allow yourself to love. Whether they be people, whether they be things, whether they be activities, Whatever the things that you allow your heart to love, know that some of them will have the power to turn your heart away from following God. They will divide your heart. They have the power to do that. Solomon's wives had the power to turn his heart away from the God he was following. Romantically, number one, it starts there. My number one question, when somebody comes to me and they say they're attracted to someone, they've got a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend, whatever, they're nice. Do they know Jesus? Are they as passionate as you as following Jesus? Because if not, what are you doing with them? No, but I really love them. I'm really drawn to them. I'm really attracted to them. 
There's a great truth around this. You perhaps cannot choose who or what you are attracted to, but you can choose how you respond to that attraction. You cannot choose who you're attracted to, but you can choose how you respond to that attraction. Great example, I'm standing here, I'm a married man, my wife is over there, she is not the only pretty woman left on the planet, as pretty as she is. It's not like all of a sudden there is no other woman that I might ever find myself attracted to. No, it's simply that any other woman I've attracted to, I make a decision to say I'm not going to follow that attraction, I'm not going to respond to it. I'm going to step away from it, and over time, always the attraction dies down. And the same happens with anything. Any material thing, anything we see, the new car, the new TV, the new activity, the new TV game, whatever it is, my heart's drawn to it, I'm attracted to it, but I don't have to, re- I don't have to respond to that attraction. I can choose to say, it looks great, amazing, not for me, I'm going this way. You will not have the power to guard our heart in that way. Choose your affections. Choose wisely those things that you allow, that you choose to respond to when it comes to an attraction. The fifth one, Jeremiah 17, speaking about the human heart. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's quite a powerful statement right there. The human heart is desperately wicked. It is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Fifth point is realize as much as you want to guard your heart, your heart needs to change. Your heart, my heart needs to change. It's desperately wicked. As much as I hate admitting it, if I'm just a little bit honest, it's true. I remember a time in my life where I thought there was something that I really, really wanted. And you know, the most amazing thing happened. One of my best friends gave me confirmation. Isn't it amazing when it happens? They wrote a little letter thing, note, left it in my Bible, and it says, follow your heart and I am, will guide you. If only I had known that the heart is desperately wicked, I would not have followed my heart. I would have stepped back and said, no God, what is the way that you set before me because my heart is desperately wicked? There's a problem. My desperately wicked heart plans and sets the course for my life. Months later, many tears, a lot of pain later, I realized the heart is desperately wicked. Who can even know how bad it is. It needs to change. Point number six, depending on which angle you want to take, for those who are taking notes, you can either say, and you can't change it. Alternatively, only God can change it. That's a word of grace for some of us. You cannot change your own heart. If I were to go home and I see all of the darkness and the depravity, the wickedness in my heart, I don't even know how wickedness it is I just see a glimpse of the wickedness in my own heart. I'm powerless to change that. But I can pray simple prayers like David prays. David, wasn't David a man after God's own heart? So what does this man after God's own heart do? He goes and rapes a woman and murders her husband. 
Why? Because the human heart is desperately wicked. And after that, he realizes, and he kind of tries to justify, tries to say it was okay. Eventually, he realizes it's not. And he sits down and he writes this prayer. And in Psalm 51, verse 10, beautiful psalm, the whole of Psalm 51, but sort of in the middle, he says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Create, and I cannot change. David is sitting there, God, my heart is so filthy, it is so dirty, it is so depraved, but you can create a new one. You can make a clean one. He starts praying this prayer, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. God, you need to create in me a clean heart because my heart is not clean. If my heart was clean, you would need to create a clean heart, but it's not clean. Ezekiel 36, from verse 25, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. That's a description of me, if ever there was one. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. As much as we need to guard our hearts, the reality is all of us need heart transplants. And not just a once-off heart transplant, a continual heart transplant. A washing, a cleansing, a new heart over and over again. The New Testament phrases it slightly differently, but it's the same principle in Romans 2. You're not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. And he's using the word Jew here to talk about followers of Christ. In our context, we can say Christian. What is a real Christian? No, a true Jew, a real Christian, is one whose heart is right with God. True circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, rather... It is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. A person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. A changed heart, a circumcised heart, a heart that's had some stuff cut away from it, a heart that's had some stuff that's gone through a little bit of pain and hurt, but godly ordained pain and hurt. It's the pain of cutting away. It's the pain of consecration. It's the pain of sanctification. It's the pain of laying down the things that the heart wants. But it's the pain of healing, of cleansing, of separation. That brings us to the place of having a purified heart, a sanctified heart, a circumcised heart. And then this morning as we were singing, I was so encouraged because I don't think it was in the set list, not the one that I saw when they started singing on, open the eyes of my heart, God. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Just for me, it was such an encouragement that God is really wanting to say something to us about this because there are two reasons why guarding our heart is important. The first one is to set the course of our life. The second one is what we read in Psalm 24. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? Only those with hands, whose hands and hearts are pure 
who do not worship idols and never tell lies, they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Who may stand in God's holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Whose hearts are pure? Well, only those whom God has given a pure heart. None of us can make a pure heart. None of us can walk out of here and say, I'm going to have the purest heart ever. We can walk out of here saying, God, give me the purest heart ever. God, create in me a clean, clean heart. Matthew chapter 5, just Jesus echoing the same words of Psalm 24. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. See if our prayers open the eyes of my heart because I want to see you. The parallel pair, the flip side of that same coin that we're praying is God creating me a clean heart. Because those with a clean heart will see God. God, I want to see you. God, give me a clean heart. God, wash me and cleanse me. God, Show me some of the depravity in my own heart so you can wash it away. And maybe you've experienced this. I believe this to be true, that the majority of the uncleanness that God has washed away in my heart, I didn't even know about. I didn't even know that he was doing it. He just did it because he's a good God. He just did it because I was seeking him. He didn't show me every little thing in my heart that was wrong before he washed it away. Sometimes he comes and he just washes it away and I didn't even notice it. That's his goodness. Sometimes we realize it, and we need to go, God, this ugly, clean, please, Jesus, change it, new it, create in me a clean, clean heart. Can we stand this morning? I'd love for us to pray together as we bring our hearts to Jesus, to say, Jesus, create in me a clean, clean heart, and God, give me the power to guard my heart, a heart. That's one heart after you, God. A God that's a heart that's undivided, a heart that isn't being pulled into different directions, a heart that's set on you, to know you, Jesus, to follow you. A heart that's guarded by your peace more than anything else. God that's renewed, a heart that's renewed by your spirit. Oh Lord Jesus, this Morning, we're so thankful that you're abundantly good, Lord. Jesus, thank you that, Lord God, you don't run away and you're not intimidated by the wickedness of our heart, Lord. But in your majesty and in your glory, you're drawn to it. You're drawn to our brokenness, Lord, and you're drawn to our wickedness so that you can make right and you can make whole, that you can redeem, you can restore. And so this morning, Jesus, we bring our wicked hearts before you, Lord. Lord, even the parts of wickedness that we don't even know are wicked, we bring them before you. Simply pray the prayer that David prayed, Lord, and we say, create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart. God, I cannot make my own heart clean, but you can. Jesus, will you take out my stony, stubborn heart? Jesus, will you give a tender, responsive heart? 
Jesus, this morning we pray that you would teach us, Lord, to guard our hearts well. That we cannot clean our hearts, we cannot purify our hearts, but we can guard our hearts. So that new imperfections don't come in, Lord. So that new lies don't take root. So that new deception doesn't come in. And we pray for grace to guard our hearts well, even as you are cleansing our hearts in Jesus' name. morning if you need prayer i'm going to invite you in just a moment to step forward if you're here this morning and you just know there's something in your heart you want to lay at the feet of jesus we'd love to pray with you maybe you've never prayed a prayer like that this morning you just want to say again jesus i need you to cleanse my heart i can't cleanse my own heart i can't wash my own sin away that's the message of the gospel that you cannot do it but he can and he has you will create in you a clean, clean heart. Maybe you're here and there's something specific. You're following Jesus, but you just know there's this area in your heart that needs cleansing. Or maybe you're here and you know there's an area of your heart that needs guarding. You have not been guarding. And if that's you this morning, we want to pray with you for grace that God would strengthen you to place a guard over your heart so that it may lead and set the course of your life well. So, Father, I thank you for every soul here. Thank you for every heart whom you have touched this morning. Commit their hearts to you that even in this week you would continue to lead them according to your ways, that their hearts would follow hard after you so that they may walk in the path that you have prepared for them. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, do step forward. We want to pray with you. There's coffee and tea outside, especially those visiting. Have some coffee and tea if you have some time. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better, spend some time with you. And then just a reminder for our leaders that we'll be back here in half an hour for our leaders meeting. God bless you all. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 12 3621363 email us pretoria at shofaronline.org browse our website www.shofaronline.org or like us on facebook.com/shofarpretoria forward